In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Guess what? It's another week. Another week, and I... Oh, hold on. Let me look this up. I can confirm. Yes, I can confirm. This week, baseball continues not to be boring. Yeah, we're heading into this week, and we're going to have a great week. We had a great weekend. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, Producer Evans' power rankings came out on Friday, so you want to check out what's what. I think they held up pretty well over the weekend. Obviously, you had a flurry of activity and plenty of stuff to come. By, by the way, Bryce Harper coming back, potentially, in the next couple of days. Holy mackerel from Tommy John. Like, talk about superhuman healing powers. Anyway, that's just another. Healing power is another example of baseball not being boring. So a lot going on. And Kate, like you said, go check out Producer Evans' power rankings. Also, go check out the socials. At BB isn't boring. Uh, Evan also did a great compilation of the GMs that we've had on talking about the very controversial subject of ketchup-flavored potato chips. Very controversial. Mike Kazin, uh, you had on Jerry DePoto, Ben Sherrington. Uh, you had a lot of guys, a lot of GMs talking about Alex Anthopoulos' claim that potato, ketchup-flavored potato chips are actually a good thing. And it caught fire on social media, on Twitter. So we got to go check that out. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Reset, reset. All right, baseball isn't boring today. As we sit here, the, the podcast is about dreams coming true. And we are very fortunate, very fortunate to have on Jeff Dooley, who is a longtime broadcaster for the Hartford Yard Goats, double-A team, now the Colorado Rockies. And in case you miss this in the news, Jeff got the opportunity to do the broadcast for the Rockies. A, a dream come true. Got his chance and... When I saw that, I'm like, you know, this scratches right where I itch. This is what it's all about. Someone who just loves the game, is in the game, doing his job at a high level, and then boom, gets the opportunity. And, and when he gets the opportunity, he really, really appreciates it as the dream that so many little kids, so many young people, so many people aspiring to, to have that job can appreciate. And Jeff is such a good guy, such a talented person. And when you hear him, you can hear the, the appreciation and the excitement and the enthusiasm that he that we would all want someone in that position to have. So we, we catch up with Jeff, and it's really, really good conversation. So, th- But this being also a Dreams Come True podcast, my dream was always to have my dad on the podcast. And his dream was to be on the podcast. One of those things are true. Actually, his dream was probably not to be on the podcast, but he is. 
My dad turned 90 years old today, 90 years old. And my birthday present to him is to come on Baseballs and Boring Podcast. Now, his voice was, uh, I didn't want to overextend his voice, so we kept it to just a few minutes. But I wanted to get to the meat and potatoes of why my dad, Bill Bradford, Bill Bradford thinks baseball isn't boring. And just a little bit about how he fell in love with baseball. Because, you know, I don't know if you know this, but it's science. If he doesn't fall in love with baseball, I probably don't fall in love with baseball. And this podcast doesn't exist. All right. So we're going to kick things off with my dad, Bill Dadfo Bradfo, uh, to to jump on the podcast. Yes, uh, it may take him a while to figure out how to push the buttons and actually listen to this, but he'll get there. I appreciate him coming on. I appreciate everyone listening. Here we go. We're going to kick things off with Dadfo, and then after him, we're going to get into Jeff. My, the guy who taught me how to love baseball, Bill Bradford, Dadfo. Do you like that nickname? Well, it goes back a while. Uh, no. Do you like the nickname Dadfo? Dadfo, that's okay. I've been, right. I've been called a lot All of right. things. Okay, so here's a question. Dad foe, why isn't baseball boring? Well, inasmuch as I started playing baseball when about the fifth or sixth grade, and I still try to do a little bit my, with my grandchildren, uh, I think the national pastime, it's overdue to be the number one sport like it always was in, in the United States. And it's just a great game. And, I, and I'm so happy that so many kids now are starting to play again once again. So... The stories go on and on. <laughs> well, okay, so how did you, let me ask you this. How did you, do you remember the first time that you walked into a major league stadium? I remember the first time was in 1946. Uh, Ted Williams had just come back from World War II, and I was uh, coming into the bleachers. Was that at Fenway Park? At Fenway Park. I was not a Red Sox fan. I was a Boston Braves fan, and uh but I became a Red Sox fan after the Braves left when I was 20 years old. So you were nine. Three. You were nine when you saw your first game? Uh, whatever year. Yeah. Since you turned 90, you know, let's say 90 years old today, that would suggest that you were born in 1933. May 1st, and, 1933. Yeah, and then you said, so you went to your first game in, in uh, assuming, yeah, assuming it was after May. That's 13 years old. It Was it a, a, after May 1st? Uh, it was sometime during the during summer. During the summer, okay. So you would have been nine years old. Nine years old, you walk into Fenway Park. Uh, I think 46, I would have been 13 years old. Oh, 46. You said 42 first. Okay, 46. 46. Okay, you walk into Fenway Park. Ted Williams is back from the war. And I, it was com- I'm coming into the, the uh, bleachers and walking up the ramp that goes towards the, red, uh, the visited bullpen. And hardly anyone's there. I knew I was late for the game. And all of a sudden, there's cheering, and a ball bounces right now next to me about four feet. I wish I got that ball because a concessionaire who was going down below picked up the ball. It turns out that ball, Ted Williams had just hit a home run, third man up after Tom DiMaggio, Johnny Pesky, third man up, the bottom of the first. It was the only run of the game, and the home run was You didn't run. get the ball. Did some, like, old ball. guy, some souvenir, hawk, truck? Well, 
It was a, it was a, it was a home run. It was the only run of the game off. It was off of Bob Fella. Okay. That oh, really? Yes. I'm going to look that. If there was only a way to look that up. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say this: is that when we did, you read? Did you read the book? You can be truthful. Absolutely, I read right. the book. I read it before it came out in Bonds and Neighbors. Okay, all right. All right, anyway, so there is many people that say this, have said this about going to their first game, which is when you walk into the park, the green is never greener, the, the uniforms are never whiter, and, you know, we had all these people say this, and I remember... I sort of remember when you took me to my first game, but that's what I remember. I specifically remember I couldn't believe how green everything was. Is that the same way, the same thing? The ballpark has always been America's ballpark. It's been absolutely fantastic, and I'm I'm just glad that every father takes their kids to the ballpark, their grandkids, etc. It's America's pastime. Yeah, well, there you go. Congratulations. This is your, was this your first podcast? Not really. You sh- yeah, you should start your own podcast. My own pod- oh, podcast, yeah. Yeah, you're a, oh, yeah, your I'm first a movie pod- star, right? Yeah, after I, all. I know. That's my birthday <laughs> present to you. 90 years old today, or when whatever people listening. 90 years old today, first podcast. But that's my present to you. And there's no better present I can give for a person who made me fall in love with baseball through taking to games, to wiffle ball, to... <laughs> Um, trying to actually like compete against me till a point where he couldn't compete against me because I was too good. So th- yeah, so there you go. Absolutely. All right. All right. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. In so many ways. Happy birthday. Um, if you see him roaming around the streets of Essex, Massachusetts, please wish him a happy birthday. Ninety years old, spry as ever. Um, yeah. So there's not enough things I can say to thank thank my dad. But uh, I guess the the way that I'll sum it up is, here you go, your first time on a podcast. After after shunning the podcast community for 90 years, he finally jumped in. All right, well, now we have Jeff, Jeff Dooley, who is another great guy. And as I said at the outset... Des, he, it's so good to get this guy on to talk about how his dream came true and where his dream's going and how the broadcast industry in baseball, where that is going. All of that. I, mean, I think that I love these conversations with broadcasters. Uh, not only in terms of Jeff, just as a, another layer, but when I talk about it, where is it going? How is it done? How has it changed? I just did the, I was honored enough once again to do the radio broadcast with Joe Castiglione for the Boston Red Sox this Saturday. Uh, and, you know, I, I just always find it fascinating sort of how these things are, how these things are consumed and how really the old school, the way that it has always been done, how that's morphing with the new school. If you listen to Joe Castiglione, there is so much that you can appreciate about the way that he does it. And having done it with them, I can appreciate it. It, it is such an art form, and it's, it is not easy to do, especially when you're doing play-by-play the entire time. Like, I'm just sitting there chiming in every once in a while. Joe is, Joe is driving the bus, so, uh, so I always 
look at that as an enormous honor, having done it a few times now, but every time I do it, I look at it as an enormous honor. And and believe me, when I sat down in that seat on Saturday, I was thinking of Jeff Jeff Dooley and the opportunity he got and the opportunity he is going to get going forward. So um, thanks once again, everybody. Rate, re- review, subscribe, listen. We just appreciate everything. Uh, we appreciate all the socials, all the all the attention on the socials at BB isn't boring. Go buy the shirts, as we said. Big T-shirt news coming up. Baseballs and boring T-shirt news. We got a few more guys from uh, for Major League Baseball w- donning the T-shirts. Um, you're gonna have to go check out the socials to, to check out who they are. Hint: one of them is Tristan uh, Tristan McKenzie. Some of them are appearing in the podcast in the next couple of days. So uh, d- go check this out. Go check that out. And of course, a damn near perfect game. A book. Um, Amazon sales went went. Uh, how do you say it? down? I guess went, went went in the in in a positive direction once again. Just a best selling book. As uh, as the fine folks in Toronto said, you know, it's it's become a cult classic. I don't know if that's good or bad, but whatever. It's become a classic, a damn near perfect game with the godfather of the podcast, Joe Kelly, coming in and uh, and setting the tone for an unbelievable White Sox game, setting the tone by striking out the side, and then the White Sox win. Yes, yes, it's science. You strike out the side, Joe Kelly strikes out the side, you win the game in dramatic fashion. It was a crazy, crazy weekend. It's going to be a crazy week. But today, we start with a very simple subject. As you heard, dreams coming true. Here's Jeff Dooley. All right, baseball isn't boring because of great stories, great people, great talents. And Jeff Dooley is all of that. Uh, all of that the last couple, last for his entire life. I don't want to shortchange you, Jeff. But it's like also the last couple of weeks have been a little bit crazy for you. Uh, how are you doing, first of all? I'm doing great, Rob. Thanks for having me. Well, listen, T-shirts are on the way. T-shirts are on the way. I just spread them to the Hartford Yard Goats. Baseball isn't boring. Spread the word. Um, but I, I sincerely mean it. Uh, you got you got the call. If people don't know, they shouldn't know. You got the call um, to do the broadcast for the Rockies uh, last week. Now, I lose track. I'm terrible with time. I'm terrible. What day was that? It was Saturday and Sunday in Philadelphia. Saturday and Sunday in Philadelphia. That's right. So... Um, before we go, I want to set the scene, but I want you to do it because I don't want to shortchange you and I, I'm probably going to mess it up. Um, so I want you, first of all, if you could, Jeff, just sort of talk about your path before we get to Saturday and Sunday, your path, uh, where you came from. I, I don't, I don't, it can be when you were born, where you were born, where you would, I don't care. Like, I, I want to know everything about you. The, the listeners want to know everything about you. So just talk a little bit about your path leading up to Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, from originally from Lincoln, Rhode Island, so a New England guy and, you know, grew up rooting for all the New England sports teams and, and had a chance, which seems like a long time ago in 1998, the broadcasting position became available with the Minnesota Twins AA, the New Britain Rockcats at the time. And actually kind of negotiated uh, the first ever professional contract full-time with the team and the station and, and, and basically created a full-time job for myself with the organization and uh, was with them for 18 years in New Britain and um, through three different ownership changes 
And then in 2014, 2015, we had the opportunity to, to move to Hartford and move into this beautiful ballpark, which is the four-time uh, ballpark of the year in minor league baseball. I, I think it's one of the truly the, one of the great places to watch a game in the entire nation and had a chance to, you know, get on a bigger stage, obviously, being in Hartford and being in the capital city and, you know, really kind of controlling, um, you know, the, the media stuff with, uh, with everything that goes along with that. And uh, we had an affiliation change. We, we connected with the Colorado Rockies uh, for 2015. We spent our 2016 season because Duncan Park wasn't open. There was some construction delays, so we played our entire 142-game schedule on the road. So they were the road oh. goats that oh. amazing, Rob, because they're, they're like, I think, close to 16 or 17 guys on that team that – reached the major leagues and it was the team that nobody got a chance to know because we were on the road the whole game well, forget about the team forget about the players how about you holy mackerel like yeah oh for the broadcaster i mean i i did take a couple of trips off I, i'm doing the games with dan laval as my broadcast partner we've been together for 18 years and you know he did a couple of the trips i remember my boss called me and um he he said geez i haven't heard from jeff in about a month i better call and he called to check in he said how you doing and i said well I'm doing all right, but my lawn's not doing very well right now. I think I need to get back. Such is so, the world of baseball. Yeah, such yeah. is life. Yeah. So he got me back, and we made the little switcheroo. So, I mean, it's something that you laugh about now. But, you know, just to see what the players did at that level, you know, to, to not have a home and to, to get to the ballpark and to get their work and see, as I mentioned, so many surface in the major leagues, um, you know, it was really, really cool. So that's how kind of I got to the point where, where I am. And, you know, I think now seven, eight years working with the Colorado Rockies organization and, you know, got an email uh, for, for a chance to do something that I've been waiting for a lifetime to do. So let, let's go back to when you're going through that path. So, and so you said the first year was 90, what? 90. 90. No. Okay, so you, you start there, you go down the path. Obviously, you know, this is the goal. The goal is to be the major league broadcaster. It's every, you know, the broadcaster's dream. Um, in that time, before you got that email, were you thinking, A, you know, did you get come close on anything? And B, um, you reach a point, too, where it's great. Like, you're having the time of your life. You love your job. You know, at the same time, you're thinking, okay, am I going to get to that part, get that opportunity, which you ended up getting? But just talk about, if you can, about that time and how you viewed sort of the the, the reaching the pinnacle. Yeah, you know, I also broadcast college basketball. And, you know, being from Rhode Island, growing up a huge Celtics fan, I worked with Casey Jones, who was my broadcast partner. Oh, nice. And, you know, I would have to pinch myself, Rob, when I would, would go to Kentucky, we'd go to Louisville and there'd be a welcome. We welcome the NBA Hall of Famer. And, you know, they would show him on the big screen. And I was just so fortunate that, you know, to, to you know, tap him on the shoulder and ask him, you know, what we do in this situation. And I just he was, you know, obviously a great broadcaster, great coach. I know a great player, even though he played before my time, but even a better person. I mean, it was nothing be, would be going to a Celtics game with a guy that you, you sit with him and you look up and there's his name in the rafters. I mean, it was it was a really, really cool experience. Um, and on the baseball side, I mean, I've always felt that, you know, with our ownership group and management, they've always put a strong emphasis on the broadcast. You know, we've got we've always had a really good FM signal and, you know, the, their dedication and, and selling sponsorships to the broadcast. I've always felt that, you know, if I had to be in the minor leagues, that Hartford would be an absolute place to be. And, 
you know, I did get a couple of uh, other minor league job offers that just did, you know, which was flattering, but it just, it didn't make sense to leave this situation. So, um, you know, but the, but the goal at the end, is, as you, as you mentioned, Rob, has always been a broadcast major league baseball. And, you know, I've been in contact with a lot of people that, you know, like the stuff and for one reason or another, there, there just wasn't an opportunity at that point. Um, or maybe they were just being nice. I don't know. But um, it was, uh, you know, it was always something that's been a goal. And when I would speak to groups in the off season, I, w- I would tell them that, that, listen, I, I love what I'm doing. I love broadcasting Yard Goes Baseball and all the other elements. I do sponsorship. I do, I, I do the media relations. But at the end of the day, the goal is still to broadcast Major League Baseball. And, you know, you know, getting to know some some people that are doing it at the highest level, you know, they've encouraged me to listen. Like, you need to keep at this because, you know, I – I didn't know how close I was, and I got here. So, so stay at it, Jeff, is what they tell me. Okay, so you, so they were right because you got the email, right? I mean, so talk talk to me about that. There's there's these moments where you're always going to remember um, these little yeah. moments. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of this part piece of the story that there's going to be a lot of moments you remember. But talk about when you got that email. Yeah, so the email came in. Our ownership group was taking our team, the front office, management staff, and our players to dinner. It was right before opening day, I think two days before opening day. And Jack Corrigan, who's the voice of the Rockies, um, needed to go back for some family obligations. And uh, Jerry Schummel, who does the games with Jack, reached out and said, Jeff, you know, we'd love to to have you sit in if you're available. <laughs> I, I read the email a couple of times and I said, <laughs> well, let, let me check my schedule and see where I'm in, you know, on the 21st and 22nd of April. Um, but it, yeah, I was just so excited. I mean, obviously I got back to them immediately. I, I think, I don't think I had dessert that night. I think I, uh, my, my next thing was just, just to make sure I respond and say, yes, don't move on. I'm good to go. You just tell me where to be and I'll be there. So, um, you know, and then we, had, we talked as it got closer. I thought that it might be, you know, because it was about two weeks until the game. And I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be the worth like the longest two weeks of my life. But that being said, Rob, it, it because we had so many other obligations with the yard goats and doing the broadcast, it, it actually went pretty quickly. And it wasn't until a few days before where I really just, you know, kind of focused on both the Rockies and the Phillies. So um, you have that. So the, the day arrives, you travel to Philadelphia um, and we have it's great because we have this this player perspective just a couple days ago, right? Drew Maggi of the Pirates, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm sorry I'm gonna morph the two because I think it's the same thing. It doesn't matter if you're a major league player or a major league broadcaster, whatever it is. It's still you're walking into that stadium, you're doing this something that you dream for for a long time. Take me through that day, like so. Now we got the email. You go through the couple weeks. Now you're, I assume they, they paid for a plane ticket for you, correct? Or did you drive? I, you drove? Yeah, I drove down. Oh, that's yeah. right. You're really close. So yeah. uh, so you drive down, you pull in the parking lot, and you're just like, and you think you know, you're envisioning like what this is going to be like, but still, I don't know if it feels different or not. I, I don't know. I mean, you tell yeah. me. It was a little sideshow. I mean, the, the Channel 8, uh, John Pearson, good friend, he did a really nice story, and that once that kind of got out there that I was doing it, you know, I heard from just about everybody. So it was a that piece was a little bit overwhelming because I I wanted to respond to everybody because the the comments were just so kind, like you know I'm so happy for you and really genuine stuff. But that being said, I, I really did need to focus. So I went down the I went down on that Friday the day before and listened to the broadcast and you know and and did my homework and just kind of brushed up on a few things and then 
the game came on Saturday and it was actually scheduled to be a four o'clock game. And because of some in, impending weather, they actually moved the game up to three. Mm. So I got there early. I got there probably, I think it was, I think they told me to get there around 10, I want to say. And I think I was there about an hour early because I, I just, I didn't know how my emotions would be when I got to Citizens Bank Park. And I wanted to just kind of take it all in before I get up into the booth and needed to, okay, find out these are the reads that we're doing today. And this is what the pregame show and the postgame show look like. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was unbelievable. I took some pictures. I sent some home to my family and um, thinking, wow, this is, this is going to happen. And, you know, I go into the broadcast booth and Jerry Schemmel was just such a relaxing, comforting figure. And he's like, Jeff, you know, you've done 3000 of these. It's the same thing. You know, the, you know, there, there's, it, once you get to the nuts and bolts of the broadcast, um, you'd be great. I mean, you're here for a reason. We, we've listened to you before. We, we like you. We brought you here. And just do your thing. And he told me, too, he said, I'm not even, don't even worry about the pre- and post-game show. Just focus on, you know, the play-by-play. You're going to do the second and third and the sixth and the seventh. So I get four innings of play-by-play. So Nice. Uh, it was awesome, Rob. It was great. Did you – so the advice is good. But did it feel that way? Like once you started, did it, were you able to sort of get through the the every like you said the, the not a sideshow of it, but the the pomp and circumstance of it? And then once you're in it, you're in it, and you're just doing what you do. Yeah, I think once we get to when he tossed it to me in the top of the second inning, and I had one batter in, I think the, the game is the same. You know, I mean, obviously the, the names are a lot different. All the names are rock star guys. Um, you know, and the the ballpark is. It's full. There are 40,000 people there. Yeah, there's, you know? there's a third deck. I mean, it's just, this is right. Yeah. There's third deck and better lights. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, and he, and he said, Jeff, um, have you been on 37 stations before from Texas all the way to Canada? I said, no, actually, I have not. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to try to about that. But, um, but it's the big leagues. I mean, that's, you know, and you've done a million games at the minor league level that, you know, that, that can prep you for this moment. But, in the minor leagues, as you know, Rob, it's just all about development and the results are second nature. Now, not for the players in that clubhouse because they want to win every game. Trust me when I tell you, when you get on that bus, when they've lost six in a row, that's not a happy group. But it's the minor leagues. At the major league level, it's win at all costs and do whatever you can. So it was, to me, it was really cool to do a game that mattered the most at the highest level. So when you do them, and now you're you're – you're thinking about it. You, you, after the fact that you do them, like now you're picking through it in your brain, right? Like what was the good? What was the bad? What did I do? And I know this, and, and a lot of times broadcaster would be like, oh, man, I, I missed that. And like nobody noticed that. Are you kidding me? And so it's – so. but after you're reflecting on it, give me, give me the thing that you said – and you can do this, I mean, without beating your chest, just reality. What is the thing that you said – I? I, I nailed that or I did that really well. And what was the thing you were beating yourself up over? Because there's always like something in every broadcast that way, right? Yeah. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't anything that was just, I think it was just kind of the way the game went. So, you know, Nick Cassianos had to hit a home run all year and he, I have him as first at bat. He hits a home run. And it was of course against the Rockies. So I couldn't obviously get excited. I mean, I showed some emotion because the ball went over the fence and, you know, there's 40,000 people screaming. Um, but you know, I was pretty, I was pretty pleased with the way it came out. I thought the reads, the reads were something that um, they told me ahead of time. Just you know, make sure you. I, I reached out to a couple of um, 
my colleagues in, in the minor leagues that had filled in before and, and some of the advice they gave me was was to make sure you get the reads ahead because you want to make sure that you sound comfortable with that. And I thought that was great advice. Um, I read those things about a million times before we went on um, trying to figure out which one they would give me during the game. Um, so I thought I thought that went pretty well. But, you know, my, my broadcasting style, I'm kind of descriptive. I, I talk about the players' uniforms and what they look like and, you know, how a player is approaching when the ball's hit in the field. And I, I try to bring that listener inside the ballpark on, on the, you know, on the radio side. Um, and I, I did get some folks that hadn't heard me before. Obviously, a lot of people that were listening that had never heard me. And, you know, they reached out and they said, oh, we really like the descriptions. And, you know, people that have heard me before back in the yard goods, they would tease me sometime because I talk about the blue and the green, the former Hartford Whalers that have now been adopted by the yard goats. And they'll tease me a little bit. But, you know, some of the emails that I got were um, they were pretty encouraging that they they kind of like that style. So that's always cool, Rob, to hear. Oh, it's great to hear, you know, and everybody has their different style. That's what I want to talk a little bit about. We've had a, a few different broadcasters on and, and I've, you know, listen, like I, I apologize to the broadcasting community that I do any broadcasts. I, I, I've had a time, um, but I, I just look at it this way. I, so my first time I got, they called me in Nesson in 2012. It was Will Middlebrook's first game. And they're like, hey, you, it was one of these series where we were running a lot of people out there. Jerry was sick. And I said, we well, want to do this game. I said, well, yeah, of course. And so I expected them to get get there and say, all right, this is how you do it. And I got there and they just like, okay, just run it out. There you go. Just do it. Um, yeah. And I did it and I talked way too much, whatever. It was TV. So, um, but in the time that I've done it, whether it's spring training or filling in, every, like you said, everybody has a different style. And I, for me, it's just filling my head with information and it is talking. But I, I do find it, since I've been doing it, I found it fascinating. And also being at the Red Sox um, rights holders, radio rights holders, seeing the different people who've come through, the different styles they do it, um, how it sort of evolved. And I find it fascinating the way that broadcasting is going, the way it has changed, the way people different people do it. Um, so I'm anxious to get, I'm always loves to talk to a person like you who's so good at it and also who has been around for a while, how you view it. Like, how do you view delivering the information? Is it any different than a couple of years ago uh, because attention spans? Should it be any different? Um, how do you view it? I still don't go crazy with statistics. As you know, Rob, it, it, you know, the, at the major league level it, and the stat portal at the minor league level is the same thing. So we're basically getting everything. You know, I've got the I've got track man on my computer so I can see every single pitch, the velocity. The ex- so, I mean, I could go on and on and really dive into the numbers. I'm not a scout. I don't have that scouting background. I just think, you know, you want to be entertaining. So, if, you know, if someone hits a ball 110 miles an hour that leaves the ballpark, goes 460 feet, I'm going to mention that, of course. But if it's something that just kind of is natural, I don't get into that too much. Um, the righty-lefty stuff, the, the day versus night. You know, sometimes if a guy is, you know, hitting really well with the bases loaded, I might pop out that stat. Um, if someone's had some success against a, a certain pitcher, that you know might work its way into the broadcast as well. But I try to dumb down the stat stuff. I mean, when a guy comes up the first time, I'll give you his batting average, his home runs, his RBIs. Um, if he's leading the league or among the league leaders in any of the offensive categories or pitching categories, I, I think it's important to mention that, especially now that you've got 25, 30 games under your belt. Things are starting, you know, patterns are beginning to form. Um, but to go in and, and again, I don't know if it's a right or a wrong. I, I think the 
it really depends on the the broadcast situation. I, I think for radio, the important thing for radio, and, and you know, Rob, you just can't miss pitches. I mean, and, and we all do it. Oh, oh, don't tell you're, you're preaching. You're 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 scratching right where Joe Castiglione itches, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, holy Mac. So let me just tell before you go on. Let me just tell you that you know Joe's obviously a legend. He's been doing it forever. Um, spring training, you know, spring training. He would not have. We would usually have people come up to the booth to get through spring training games. He would not have on general managers because they talk through the pitches, uh, right? I, right. I mean, it was this is a, a, like a, people don't understand. And so every time we had a scheduled person to come up, I would try to get them ahead of time and said, "Listen, I just want to give you a heads up. Do not talk through the pitches." But anyway, I'm sorry. Right. You just you just you know, my you antenna know. went up. Joe's the absolute best, you know, just he, he doesn't miss pitches. I mean, he's been, he's been doing this forever, you know, and at the minor league level, they run a lot of guests. We'll have a sponsor of the game that will come on too. And you, and you try to tell them, but it, like, sometimes they're nervous and they just do it. And yeah, the, the reality is you do miss pitches, but it is really a no, no, you try not to do that. I think you've got a little bit more leverage on the television side because people can see the game. So I think you can dive into it a little bit more. But, I mean, there's interesting stuff out there. I mean, there's interesting statistics about, you know, launch angle and things like that. I really haven't gone deep into it yet. I mean, I just think with all the rule changes the last couple of years, I mean, it's just enough to talk about. You know, we saw the the defensive, um, you know, alignment restrictions at the double-A level last year. We saw the... The big pizza boxes, I'd call them the bases, you know, going from 15 to 18. We had them last year. And, you know, the pitch clock, obviously, we've had that for the last several years. But it was really just, I think, enforced to the fullest last year. So we've seen some of that stuff. I, I just think there's so much to talk about um, during the broadcast. So uh, just and again, it's a personal thing. But Dan and I, we don't really dive too much into that, um, the kind of that new form um, on our broadcast. No, you know, and I, I'm, I'm with you. It's hard because, you know, you want to sort of sprinkle it in. But here's my take on it, Jeff, is that I think that – and I and please disagree if you do because I don't, I don't think there's a – I'm certainly right, but this is just my opinion. I think that it's become more conversational. You have to get the pitches in. You have to, it has to be because of people's attention spans. Um, and – it's 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 harder to become more conversational. This is one of the things that I learned in this spring training was okay. I I didn't finish like five stories because of the pitch clock, right? Yeah. But so, right, I mean, this is like it was the first time I sat down to do it. I was like, holy mackerel! Like like this is it, it, it's really jarring. But it has to be more conversational. We had a a couple of years ago, we had a big brouhaha to do where some media out or media columnists were saying, Oh, WEI wants that to be like a talk show. Now I knew exactly what had happened. I knew exactly what had happened, which was the higher ups wanted someone to be more conversational. And for whatever reason, they framed it as probably in a sentence said like a talk show. And like, obviously nobody's going to in the middle of it. You're not going to be taking callers about the Patriots draft. I mean, come on. It, but but the point was is that it, it, more conversational so forth and so on and and for me even since the pandemic because people's attention spans I think have even shortened even more that maybe that it has to be leaned into a little bit more I don't know I don't know this is sort of my being interested in take from the outside I don't know but that's yeah. my take. 
My personal feeling on that is, is the game is the game and it shouldn't be touched. I mean, the, you know, the, the history, the tradition of baseball on radio, um, it's one of those things. And, and, and let's be honest, I mean, from the radio side to the digital media, the way that folks get it, I mean, it, it could be changing. Who knows? I've, I've always been a radio guy. I hope it always does stay on radio. But in terms of the play-by-play in the game itself, I mean, you are going to need broadcaster to, broadcasters to do that and bring that game to the fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, one, the only thing I was concerned about, and, and, and trust me, Rob, there was a bunch of uh, sideshow going on when I was doing this stuff. It was a really cool story. I was flattered, but about all the media attention and doing the MLB network stuff, I, I, I loved it. But all I really wanted to do was get in there and focus and do the broadcast for Rockies fans. I mean, that was a that was a game for them, and it, they don't care about the other stuff. They don't care about the broadcaster. So I think the number one important thing is the broadcast itself and, you know, to be entertaining, but to, to make sure that you obviously get the facts right. That's number one. And, mm-hmm. and painting. Yeah, no, there's no question. You're you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's just, we could talk about all this other stuff, including, by the way, one of the things that we wrestle with now is is we it's the social media stuff, and it's not you know social media the good and the bad and and the the praise and the criticism. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about we have to take it's like a talk show where you do four hour talk show and you can't really say, hey, did you hear what I said at two hour and forty five minutes? I really nailed it. Right? right, so we have to we have to take the great home run call. We have to take the story about Joe falling off a horse. You know, we have to take whatever it is and smack people in the face and say, "Hey, everybody, come on in! Like the, the water's fine. It's a it's a great place to be." And why we're doing this, we're going to describe the game to you. You know what I mean? I mean, this is a whole other element to it. It's it's, yeah. it's difficult. It is. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that, you know, you guys did such a great job there talking Red Sox and, and all the sports teams and, you know, leading up to the games. I mean, that that's really cool. But I think, you know, my my preference, I guess, just being, you know, the, the sports historian that, you know, I, I pretend to be, I guess, is that when the game comes on, it's got to be the game. I want if I want to hear the if I want to listen to the Patriots game, I want the Patriots. Right. You know, if I want Sox game. I I don't want. Now I love the stuff leading up to it. I love the the talk shows and the and the pregame show and, and all that stuff. But um, my personal feeling is when the game starts. I mean, the most important thing is is that baseball game. But that's that's what I'm, exactly what I'm talking about. Is that like that's the game and the information that you have. I mean, you. I don't know how much. I know that you know a big part of this is going down. This is one of the things that were taken away from us during the pandemic was the opportunity to go down, talk to guys, hey, what's going on? I'd say you did this or I did that. What do you think about this or that? And then you obviously bring it on the broadcast. Were you able to do that in the when you went to Philadelphia at all? Yeah, I mean, I knew a lot of the guys, so I did. Yeah, that was a really cool thing, going to the clubhouse and having, you know, the Ryan McMahons of the world come up and congratulate me. That's and say, awesome. Hey, You've done this a million, you're going to be great. And I'm thinking, you're trying to give me comp. You're going out and facing, you know, Zach Wheeler was throwing 97 miles an hour in 10 minutes. And how nice for you to, to say that. But um, so I, just because of relationships, you know, Rob, and in the minor leagues, I mean, you've got stories about this, these guys. I mean, we've we've been at truck stops eating McDonald's before they were rock stars, you know, and could barely, you know, rub two nickels together in the middle of the night. And, you know, that's when you really get to know them as people. And that's why. You know, people ask me, you know, who are your favorite teams? And I said, well, listen, I grew up loving the Red Sox, but like it, you have relationships mm-hmm. now for 
I'm with the Minnesota Twins. I mean, I knew that whole Twins roster going to spring training every year. It's difficult. You know the players. You know their families. And they're kind to you, too. Like, you know, our catcher last year came up to me. He said, I was at dinner, and he said, Jeff, do you mind if my if you come over and say hi to my parents? They want to meet you. They feel like they – and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You're the starting catcher. I'd love to meet your, your parents. You know, they, they're like, well, we listen. You, you go up to them. They're like, oh, my God, I, I, I listen to you more than I hear my son. You know, you're you're a link to our kids. So, um, you know, all that stuff is really, really important. So, yeah, I, I did have that relationship where, you know, going through, I could go back and, and uh, you know, see the players and, and kind of get stories and things like that. That's so good. I mean, it's it, the whole thing is great, man. Like, I, I mean it. And, and, and I'll use the example of, of Drew Maggi again with the Pirates is that this, these are the sort of things that we can't lose sight of. Of this is, this is what we, you work toward. And, and when you get the payoff, it's so awesome. I mean, I don't know if, like, if you sit here, as you, as you sit here, if you're feeling that was awesome, it's been already such a great year, or now you get the taste of it and like, let's go. I want more. I want more. Let's go. Right. You do. Yeah. I mean, obviously you just need that opportunity, you know, so, you know, maybe if someone else takes a day off, you know, they'll, they'll call me back. They've got my phone number now, Rob. So that's a good thing, right? Well, listen, this, this, uh, we, we're make we're changing the world in this podcast. First, we changed the world in beer sales. Thanks to Matt Strom. And, and now we're going to change the world in terms of making you the star of stars. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for joining. Uh, congratulations and great things ahead for you. Appreciate everything. Yeah. And, and thanks for having me. Uh, you know, you do a great job and I, I love listening to you as well.